Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality, basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. The right to control your body and get the health care everyone needs has been stolen. And now politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills that would block people from getting the sexual and reproductive care they need. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves health care. It's a human right. And that's why they fight every day to push for common sense policies that protect your right to control your own body and against policies that interfere with decisions between patients and their doctors. Planned Parenthood needs your support now. Now more than ever. With supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAIP-owned brands right now like Cardin, Kaja, Emilia George, and hey, Meve, plus you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. you date me a podcast for me nicole Byertris, to figure out how i'm still single even though if you tell me to give up all my worldly possessions for you and move to to kansas <laughs> i would okay today my guests oh boy i love them i'm so excited you know them from rupaul's drag race also they have this incredible i guess it's an ep or it's an album called box office that i truly truly love from top to bottom it's aja hi what's up how are you how how are we alive <laughs> I, I think that's the question now <laughs> I mean, life has been so wild lately. Uh, it feels so weird to just be like, let's talk about relationships, like just truly up top. But how have you been dealing with protests and Black Lives Matter truly getting a fucking front seat in pop culture? So honestly, it's been such a double-edged sword because on one hand, it's like, Oh my God, let's celebrate. Let's, let's, you know, mm -hmm. let's look at the positive side. But then like, you know, there's the backlash and the downside. And like, you know, there's the, the people who, you know, we just look at it and we're like, are you really saying that? Are you really thinking uh -huh. that? And, um, you know, I th for me, the worst part are the videos that resurface of like the violence. That's what I hate. Mm -hmm. I hate that part. But every everything else is just so empowering. And I think it's it's come at such an important time because like, honestly, people are so late to the party. Yes. And, and by people, I mean people who are not 
in the black community. Like, it's just like, correct. It's like, thank you for showing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the party started, I don't know, eight hours ago, and you came in at the tail end, and we're about to go to after hours, and you haven't drank enough to be at after hours, and you're saying all sorts of shit that I'm like, I can't think about right now. Like, it's so wild that, like, I feel like some white people have been posting shit like, I didn't know uh, that it was this bad, or I didn't know about X, Y, and Z. And then I had posted about like, teach your kids about Juneteenth or like the Tulsa race riots and shit like that. And people were like, yeah, I didn't know about that. And then me personally, I just found out about Seneca Falls. I think that's what it's called. It's, um, do you know what this is? No, I actually don't. So uh, blacks, black people owned land in New York. Like a lot of Africans moved up north and African-Americans moved up north and bought land in New York City and then eminent domain came and they took this land away from black people and that's where Central Park is. So like literally... Wait, are we talking about the whole Central Park? No, no, no. It's just a portion of Central Park. I believe it is on the west side below one-tenth. But yeah, it's so fucking wild. Like every piece of land that we step on, A, is stolen, B, was, you know, taken from other people and then built up by people of color. No, it's it's absolutely true. I feel like people don't realize how like uh, black and brown people really are the foundation of who built a lot of this country, the stuff yes. in it, the culture. Don't even get me yes. started on the culture. Ooh, Almost girl. everything. And, oh you know, that's why I, 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 what people have the nerve when they say, you know, well, what did black people invent? And I'm like, OK, mm-hmm. love. Do you want me to yes. take out my file cabinet? Let's go. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> bomb. Like, girl, really? It's so wild. And then, like, I was watching this video on, I just like got in this rabbit hole on YouTube and I was watching this video of this white guy and this white girl and he was like, I want to talk about cultural appropriation. And he was interesting in a way where he'd never, I didn't finish the video because I was like, <laughs> this is insane. But he took the stance of like, I just want to know everyone else's opinion. I just, I'm not going to really weigh into this. And I was like, okay. So he braids this white girl's hair and they walk around and then he was like, is this okay? And then a lot of black and brown people were like, yes, it's okay. And I felt like they wanted to say other stuff. But then a nice white lady was like, well, the reason why it's cultural appropriation is because until it's okay for black and brown people to go to work with dreads and cornrows, white people can't just walk around with dreads and cornrows and have it be cool. And I was like, all right, white lady, you a good ally. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Preach the good word. Well, I feel like also, especially when it comes to black hairstyles, I feel like also, some, some white people really are clueless when it comes to knowing why those hairstyles exist. Like, mm-hmm. you know, protective hairstyles are meant to protect the hair. And I'm like, mm-hmm. sis, what hair are you protecting? <laughs> I'm like, okay, because, you know, and it's never, I never see like, uh, I never see like, because I know there's some, there's some like Irish people and stuff who be having like the fro hair. They be having like mm-hmm. the froed up hair, but it's never them who I see be getting their hair braided. It'd be like mm-hmm. people at the airport who be like, boom, 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 and you see the, <laughs> You see the forehead being stuck. It's like an automatic uh-huh. Botox just snatched back. <laughs> you know she has a migraine. Like, it's like uh-huh. that. Yes, and then it's like, also, you don't need to protect your hair, one, two. It's going to slide right out. Your hair, is, it's a little 
Too thin. Is you gonna you're gonna pay what three hundred dollars for a whole head braid, and then it's gonna slide out in four days. Um, and then I was watching this other it, like L magazine did a pretty interesting. It wasn't. It didn't. It like scratched the surface of braids and head wraps and stuff. And I didn't realize a lot of times braiding is a protective style one, two, you do it on Sunday, a day that the slave masters would let you rest. And then you braided hair on Sundays. So then you didn't have to worry about your hair through the rest of the week while you're in the fucking cotton field sweating. And I was like, damn, my mom braided my hair on Sundays. This is a literal tradition that was like passed down from our people. Like I remember sitting in between my mom's legs, just like so upset getting my hair braided being like i don't want to get my hair braided my mom will be like well i don't want to deal with your hair this week (laughs) (laughs) no it's true and uh there if you if you really like look at it there's a variety of hairstyles that have resurfaced in fashion as well Mm -hmm. that are all slave hairstyles that that slaves were doing in order to protect their hair in mm-hmm. order to uh, to not like get damaged, there was people who were putting their hairstyles in ways that their skin wouldn't get damaged from the sun. Like mm-hmm. it, there's so many different things, and I feel like people should really look up the hairstyle that they're getting because it's not just like yes. it's not just a fade. It's not like you just no. like catch me a fade. It's like it's a process, and if you're gonna mm-hmm. pay hundreds of dollars for hours and hours of headaches. Then <laughs> you might as well know where that headache comes from and what 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 that what the reason was. What was the reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what what was the reason? <laughs> Aja, can I um, ask you a little bit about drag? I yeah. know because I follow you on social media, so you've kind of like taken a step back from drag, which I think is important for artists to evolve. And I really love reading comments and people. People be wildin' and people, there was one comment that like, I almost commented back, but then I was like, Nicole, don't start a fight. You're having a nice Thursday. But this person was like, well, we know you for doing drag. So when I come to your show, you better be doing drag. And I was like, but like, if you were a fan and you've been watching, you've transitioned into like being more of a musician than just a drag queen like you're a performance artist musician yeah yeah i think that what happens is and i've I've spoken on this uh and on some other platforms but it's really important for people to know that you can be a fan of drag race and then not be a fan of the actual queens and Mm. i think that some people who tend to follow the the contestants from the show don't realize that they're not some of them are not fans of the queens they're fans of the queen's time on the show Mm-hmm. So when the queens start releasing other projects or in my case where I'm like, you know, I feel like there's sort of a dichotomy to my character. And I feel like for me personally, drag has sort of just morphed into who I am and less mm-hmm. of me putting on the transformative aspect. Because I don't know the way I look at drag now is I feel less of drag and I feel more of like a Bowie or a Prince. Like that's more mm-hmm. how I feel. I feel like for me, I don't like to perform gender. I like to be it. I don't know how to explain it, but I know that my story is just different from other people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, I feel like it it becomes difficult because I'm in the intersection of all these different identities. And I think that some people have a a problem relating to them as they go along. For me being a mixed black, non-binary, ex-drag musician, (laughs) like, you know, people are like, what the fuck is going on? Uh You know, so let me break it down. I'm... 
on the the spectrum of gender, I just dress however the fuck I want, and mm-hmm. I and I feel however I feel. If I feel like a woman, I'm gonna feel like a woman. If I feel like a man, I'm gonna feel like a man, and that's just that. That was so simple, right? <laughs> Two seconds. <laughs> then uh, I'm a mixed black person. My father is Nigerian. My mother is mixed, Native, Welsh, and uh, and African American. Bam, mm-hmm. easy culture. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I used to do drag as a performative performance and I don't know, I've always had a passion for music and I said, Mm -hmm. I have a platform. This is a way for me to do something I love and hopefully my fans will like it. You know what? That story took about 45 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like so funny that like I, you said it, I picked up on all of that from what you've presented on social media and whatnot. And the fandom has just been like, no, we won't accept this. And I'm like, why is it so hard? Because other white people, I won't not necessarily drag queens, but other like white celebs have come out to be like, I'm non-binary. I feel feminine. I feel masculinity. I also feel a cross of the two. Um, Sometimes I'll wear a skirt. Sometimes I'll wear pants, whatever. And then people have been like, ah, yes, great. And I'm like, but why is it different? this way like why is it different just because you did drag like i that to me is and i don't think you have the answer but i think it's so interesting that people refuse to let this vision of you go i think it's because uh in all actuality i feel like um so the the show drag race has sort of branded uh itself on portraying these queens lives as going from cisgendered men to mm-hmm. to you know illusionist women's of all kinds you know creepy crazy clowny cute mm-hmm. and <laughs> i think what's happened is it's just that a lot of the viewers sort of think now that uh because that's how they found out about drag they think you know drag is this mm-hmm. and everything like this is drag so a lot, i've seen a lot of drag race fans uh you know tearing down the trans community tearing down like like different communities because they really, you know, follow the system of the show. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of one of the reasons why I feel like the show could really benefit from allowing, you know, transgendered contestants on or maybe giving different uh, black queens sort of different narratives on the show. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of things like that that could help open up the fan base's mind. Uh, and I feel like, you know, they did sort of a better job this season uh um, I was watching because we were in quarantine and I was like, well, mm-hmm. we're going to get get up in it. <laughs> and, the, you know, the whole time I was rooting for for Jada and I was like, Jada, mm-hmm. Jada. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I realized a lot of the fans were, you know, of course, they were like, GG, GG. And mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see a problem with that. But I know that it's easier for the fan base sort of to relate to those white queens because not a lot of the drag race fan base are um, are, you know, young black youth. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth, because I know growing up and it, it 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 is it sucks to say, but I know growing up, my parents would not let me watch Drag Race if I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, like, you know, especially like in the 90s, <laughs> if you was like, oh, my God, I'm going to watch Drag Race. Uh-huh. My parents would have been like, you are not going to be watching no men walking around and dressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's just a cultural thing where especially in the black, Latin and brown communities, uh, masculinity on on the boys growing up is really pushed. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the actual demographic of Drag Race, I've done the drag cons. We've seen the shows. Mm-hmm. We've been. You know who shows up. It's a lot of white women and their yes. children. I'll be having, yes. you know, white women with their two-year-old baby. Like, she's such a fan. And I'm like, sis, she don't know who I am. But 
but I'll take your money. <laughs> yeah, drag con is an interesting thing because for a long time I was like, yes, men do drag. And then, you know, later my eyes have been open and uh, I was like, yeah, women can do drag too. Um, and especially trans women. Uh, but the whole children aspect of drag con to me is so strange because I feel like drag queens, much like comedians, toe the line between being wildly offensive and like speaking the truth and making like political statements. And I'm like, is do I feel like, yes, it's nice for kids to hear messages, but also I, I know me personally, I feel censored when there's a child in the room or uh, a T like a, like a 12 year old. Like I, I did a show once and I was like, midway through the show and I looked down I was like is there a fucking kid here are you a child and then he ended up being 19 but he looked so young and it was like an 18 and up club and I was like oh my god I was like you're gonna learn so much today and then after at the meet and greet he was like I did learn a lot and I learned a lot like I heard things that I don't think I've ever heard before and I really appreciate it. And I was like, oh, then maybe it's okay. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I feel <laughs> so split down the middle, whether like kids should be able to hear shit. You know, I feel like, I feel like that's always going to be such a split opinion because in my, in my honest opinion, I feel like, I don't know, for me, I was exposed to a lot growing up, like just because, you know, sheer curiosity and just like, you know, mm -hmm. girl looking for it. And I feel like, you know, I I think it would be better if like people sat down and, you know, expose your children to things slowly or however they mm -hmm. they pace it. Because one day we're going to have to go into the world. And although there's this sort of innocence that's tied to having a child or your childhood, like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying you have to be like, here you go. Here's the big push. <laughs> but you, know. you just like push your kid into a fucking pool of like, what is everything? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it's it's sort of like telling your child, like, I don't know, I, this sounds crazy, but it's sort of like telling your child you're like they're adopted. It's like mm -hmm. you wouldn't just go, you're adopted and this is your story and this is what <laughs> happened. About, you know, you would start off and being like, hey, like, how would you feel of this? OK, by mm -hmm. the way, next year, this happened. This happened. This, mm -hmm. you know, that, 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 by the way, that's kind of like my story. And that's why I say that, because I'm adopted and um and uh, I didn't meet my biological parents of this year, which is crazy. But. <laughs> Wait, you met your biological parents this year? Yeah, I had a freak story. So, uh, Ancestry.com, like, I kid you not, like the, what yes. is it called? Yes, Ancestry.com. Yeah, Ancestry.com. I'm not even joking. You know how, you know how, you, you've seen those MTV little, like, move, like shows and shit where they're like, meet your parents. Like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Literally, I took the test, like, five years ago, um, and I was like, damn, I'm trying to find out where I'm from, because my, so my mm -hmm. adopted parents, my mom's Puerto Rican and my dad uh, was uh, afro Trinidadian. so I was like, where, mm -hmm. where the fuck am I from? Because I thought that was my real parents. And <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny that you were adopted by people who could have been your real parents. People always say that, me and my mom look related, so I'm like, I don't know. That's so wild. But so I ended up doing the test, and then five years later, it was literally, I was going Christmas shopping, uh, in mm -hmm. December, and I, I I checked no I checked my email, and it was like you have a message from this person. They were like, I think you're my grandson, and I was like, <gasps> so gasp right. I go truly. I checked the message, and she's like, is your mother Linda? And I was like, that's the name on my birth certificate. So I was like, <gasps> oh shit. So I go and uh, I ended up meeting my grandparents, my parents. I ended up meeting like you know that side of my family. 
And it was definitely interesting. I, it wasn't mm-hmm. as cathartic as I thought it was going to be because I think I sort of, I, girl, I'm almost, I'm, I'm about to be 27. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I've went this long without knowing them, so I was like, whatever. But it was <laughs> kind of cool to to see where I come from, where I really uh-huh. come from, and you know, to have it in proof, not just a little DNA test, and know what they look like, where I get my features from. That was what was really cool to me. But, you know, I feel like if you're going to I- introduce a child to, like, a concept of some sort, you know, I-, I would hope it's the way that I kind of found out about my adoption. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, little by little. But I feel like, you know, girl, parents go take their kids to these shows <laughs> where they're like, you know, you fuck me in the pussy. <laughs> like, you know, they're still going to take their kids. Honestly, you fighting your birth parents, that's a fucking movie. That's so wild that you got an email. How casual. <laughs> you know what? I <laughs> so professional. <laughs> Girl, I don't even know. It, it's just it's really crazy. It's really crazy. And I I I I still don't even know what to think of it. Sometimes I feel like my life is not even real. I'm like, "Girl, I'm waking up. This is a fucking fantasy." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, truly, it is like, it's like a movie. That's so insane. That's so wild. I love that you met your birth parents. And I honestly, like, I think it's so cool that you met them later in life. Like, I feel like if you, I mean, I'm not adopted, so I don't know. But I feel like a teenager might build up these people to be different people. But like, when you're 27, almost 30, it's like, yeah, these are people. I don't fucking know these people, so I have no expectations. That part, because if I would have met them when I was younger, I mean, I'm not saying that, that you know, I ha- I'm fond of them yet, because to me, they're still, mm-hmm. like, people I really don't know like that. But, like, if I would have met them before, I would have been like, who the fuck these people? Like, I would have <laughs> just been like, ew. <laughs> you not my mommy? <laughs> you ain't my mommy. <laughs> uh, wait, do you live in New York or L.A.? I live in New York, Bedside, Brooklyn. Yas, bedside, door die. Um, do you find dating easy in New York or hard? Um, ultimately, it's very, it's like a double-edged sword. I'm going to say that. You have mm-hmm. a mix of personalities in New York, but you almost have too much. And it's just <laughs> like, girl, you know when you have too many options and you put your hand inside the grab bag and you don't know <laughs> what's going to grab back. So it's just like... <laughs> Dating in New York, um, like now I'm in a relationship, but like before, like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know, girl. I feel like New York is the best place to be a slut, like in the positive Mm -hmm. connotation, because to me, me, being a slut is empowering. And I think New Mm -hmm. York is a place for that. Um, But at the same time, if you can find a partner in New York, bitch, that's magic. It truly is because it is so easy to slut it up in New York because bars are open super late. People are just, I think, people are like, New Yorkers are assholes. I'm like, no, New Yorkers, I think, are the most helpful, friendliest fucking people. Like, I think people are like, well, no, I went to New York and I asked someone for directions and they said, go fuck yourself. But it's like, yeah, Google's a friend. Go Google it. Don't ask people shit that you can find out on your own. Like, they were just telling you that you can do this on your own, which I think is very kind. Um, L.A., ugh, I think L.A., people are mean because they're inherent, like, they're fake. They all have, like, a motive, not to generalize everybody in L.A. because I've met some wonderful people, but a lot of people that I've met, I'm like, oh, you have no desire to actually get to know me. You have, like, weird ulterior motives. That uh, is very true. And I, I've dated in L.A. I was I was uh, partially, like, bi-coastal for a while, and I, was, mm-hmm. I had an apartment in L.A. And 
there was this guy that I dated there and he, um, it's very funny because he has a YouTube show now <laughs> and all this stuff. Oh. And he was trying to become um, like a creative. It was like the people who create challenges for Drag Race. So oh, okay. he was like, apparently there, got denied, whatever. I met him on the red carpet of season nine's finale. And then we kind of hit it off. We were texting and then we started going on dates and then we would go like, drinking and we would be making out and then um i guess like he didn't get nothing out of me and he just ghosted me and i was just like oh okay so um, <laughs> it's like that you know it was funny too because then like I, I was i'd be posting depressing shit online sometimes because i'm not scared to let the world know how i feel <laughs> bitch if i'm sad i'm sad and you need to know <laughs> and this motherfucker Mm, had the audacity mm-hmm. to to write me a message and be like, if you ever need somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I need somebody to talk to about how you ghosted my ass three <laughs> years ago. And I need somebody to talk to about how you are a piece of... Mm. I love... That is so wild to me that someone would ghost you and then... Have the nerve to message you and be like, you seem sad. And it's like, yeah, bitch. Yes, I'm sad, but I don't need you. You weren't there. So right. keep being gone. Keep being a fucking ghost, you ghost. <laughs> right. I'm like, girl, this is not Luigi's Mansion. We're not capturing ghosts. Go home. Take care of your kids. And if you don't got kids, take care of yourself. This isn't Luigi's Mansion. Really fucking made me laugh. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it. So wait, how long have you been in a relationship? I gotta check the date because you know the pandemic got me a little a little <laughs> date blind. <laughs> it's June 12th, oh my God. Oh wait, uh-huh. no, it's it's June 19th, y'all. <laughs> JK. I've been in a relationship for I think seven, eight. It's gonna be eight, eight or nine months now. Oh, okay. That's a solid amount of time. Uh, do you guys live together or no? So Funny story. My, I like again. My life is a movie. Um, we were we were not living together before the pandemic, and um, in the beginning, right before you know shit hit the fan, I was on tour and I went to Australia. So he was with me. Mm-hmm. You know, in the middle of Australia. Next thing you know, America's on the toilet in shambles. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, we go to LA where we were quarantined in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. For a month and a half uh, in my manager's apartment because she ran away to uh, Palm Springs and we were uh-huh. scared to go to New York because, girl, New York in the beginning yes. of this pandemic was scary. Now, I'm a, uh, this is a word that I use in a context different from other people. It was fierce. Now, people think fierce is a good thing, but when, in the in the New York ballroom scene, when you say uh-huh. fierce, it's like, ugh. And New York was fierce. <laughs> People always think I'm saying feet. I'm saying fierce. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, oh, New York was feet? There was just a lot of people's feet out? Mm, that seems bad. So, you know, we, we were there for a month and a half, and then we finally got back after a long, uh, you know, luxurious first class. Nobody was on the plane. Oh, my God. And then I didn't leave the house for two, three months. But... Uh, we, you know, we had to live together and it was our first experience and we were kind of talking about moving into with each other, like eventually, mm-hmm. but we didn't expect it to just happen. So it's been good. It's been, it's been definitely an experience. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a choice, 
because <laughs> when we got back, his whole family had COVID. So it was just like, you know. Oh, my God. Are they okay? Yeah. Oh, they're chill. They're good. They're okay. good. They're good. His mom be coming Oof. by and she'd be dropping off the curry duck. And I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> this bitch near death. But she's like, I'm a still cook. I love that. That is so funny. I love that you guys were forced together and it worked. Because I know a couple of couples that had been together for like a little bit and then were forced to be fully intertwined for a while and they are having issues. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but like, it, you know, I, I feel like people also have an unrealistic uh, standard for relationships. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a connoisseur of relationships, <laughs> but I'm saying I've been in a few relationships. You know, I'm a New Yorker. Oh, I started dating at like 14. So... <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like you have to be understanding. And the biggest thing you have to have to get through a pandemic or being stuck in the same place, you have to be able to communicate. And I feel like oh, yeah. some people, some people follow Eartha Kitt's uh, idea of compromisation. I don't know if you ever seen the Eartha Kitt talks about compromise video. And she's like, compromise. <laughs> like, it's very like, why would I do that? Uh-huh. We have had these like moments where we're like, I'm like, no, this is not happening. He's like, no, it's not happening. We know how to call each other out. We know how to get over it. And that's how you do mm-hmm. it. It's just talk about it. Like people are so, so blinded by the ego. And I think that being humble in your relationship is very important. Like you have to just realize that you're two people trying to work it out. And at the end of the day, if you don't have that friendship sort of foundation mm-hmm. where you could just push it to the side, you're going down. I agree. I think it's like people need to be a little bit more humble in relationships. And then also, I think people are afraid of confrontation. And I think people get confused about confrontation. Telling someone that they're annoying you in the moment might seem like a confrontation. But like, would you rather later, a week later, be like, they annoyed me on a Tuesday and they're annoying me today. And today is the Wednesday after that last Tuesday. So it's been a week and a day. And it's like, you can't just let that shit weigh on your heart. You have to talk to the person and you have to let them know how you feel. Otherwise, you're going to start holding all sorts of shit against them. No, that's true. I know a lot of people like in my life who I've seen other people's relationships where they just hold resentment against their partners for no Mm -hmm. reason. And I'm just like, yes, I'm like, girl, like go outside, breathe, (laughs) like have a drink, like Uh girl, take an edible, do something like I feel like people be so people rely too heavily on the romantic aspects of their relationships. And then what happens is, is that, you know, they feel rejected. They feel unloved. They feel alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. That's why you have to have a friendship. Like, here's the thing. This is this is the lesson for love. Every relationship in your life is is layers. In order to have that, that the foundation is always gonna be a friendship. Even with your parents, because you your parent, you can have parents and they're not friends and you don't talk, but they're your parents. Mm-hmm. But you always have the friendship layer, the family layer, you'll always have a sexual layer if you have a sexual relationship with them. You'll mm-hmm. have um, a romantic layer if you're romantic with them. And that's kind of what makes the relationship, not the family mm-hmm. aspect, because that, that wouldn't be right. But <laughs> um, you can't just have a, a sexual and romantic relationship and then have nothing else. Because, mm-hmm. girl, this this ain't the notebook. This mm-hmm. If this is the notebook, that notebook is lost at sea with the Titanic, girl. And it's sunken. <laughs> because ain't nobody every day of your life going to be asking to paint to paint your ass like some some French bitch. Ain't nobody going to be doing that. 
I think you were fully right. Like you have to like the person you're trying to have a sexual relationship or with, and then also a romantic relationship with. There has to be some sort of friendship because it's like after you're done fucking, what are y'all gonna do? Look at the wall. Like you have to have like shared interest and like the other person, which is something that I've had issues with because I've been like, you know, they're a fun time. And honestly, like the last dude I dated, I was like, he is a fun time. I really like him as a person. His dick is so tiny. And I guess that is we shall overcome. We shall overcome. I'll settle. It's fine. And then I was like, well, no, if he doesn't check all the boxes, why the fuck am I settling? That is so true. And that that's another thing. Bitches be ready to settle for mm-hmm. people they know are not for them. And, you know, what happens is, is it seems gratifying at first. But then when you running around trying to get yours mm-hmm. somewhere else, someone's heart is breaking. Someone's mm-hmm. like getting hurt. And then next thing you know, 10 years later, down the line, you meet somebody and they're like, yeah, I was with my ex for nine years. And they told me about some bitch who broke their heart 10 years ago. And that mm-hmm. bitch was you. Then you go. Fe- <laughs> I'm not saying this has happened to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, FYI, this ain't this ain't happening to me. But I just had um a real eye-opening therapy session with my therapist where I was like, I mean, every guy I've dated was nice, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, were they actually nice? And I was like, oh my God. No. They did nice things intermittently, but then they did a lot of mean things mm. where I would just put that in a closet, lock the door, and then be like, oh, but you made me breakfast. That was nice. And it's like, sure. But like, if I tell you a story, you just go, uh, whatever. And then like race into yours. And it's like, oh, you don't even listen to me. But I'm just thinking about the breakfast you made me an hour ago. But like, you're not listening. You're not interested in what I'm saying. But I'm like, but those eggs were good. And maybe <laughs> tomorrow he'll listen. And it's just, uh, yeah, I just... I don't know. I like after this therapy session, I was like, wow, I love myself and I'm a confident person. But all of that fades away to try to like mold myself into the person that these pieces of shit want to date. Absolutely not. Wait, what's your sign? I'm a Virgo, but I don't know like my rising moon or anything because I don't know what time I was born. So let me tell you this. I know a lot of Virgos. <clears throat> the thing about Virgos, Virgos are sort of perfectionists. So mm-hmm. they're always like, they're troopers. They're like, oh my God, this isn't working out. But I'm going to stay here because I want to say that I tried. <laughs> I want to say that I did uh-huh. it. And that's a big thing. I'm a Capricorn, so I totally understand. Capricorns have like that same sense of like determination. Like we're going to see this out to the end. <laughs> and uh, that can end up in those situations where you're like, you're like, damn, I'm trying to see the best in someone. And like, they're really not delivering, but we're you know we're those people that we try so hard to to make it work that we we don't want to cut it off because we're like to us it's like a failure it's like Mm -hmm. fuck another time another another situation Mm -hmm. i feel like at those moments it's really hard to realize when you're like i need to just walk away from this because i'm not satisfied it's kind of scary it's very scary. And then in like movies, because I just watched all of 13 Reasons Why, God bless, what a show. My God, it was 10 hours of nonsense. And <laughs> there was this one couple where this guy kept asking this guy out and he kept being like, no, yes, no. And then he like kept, kept, kept. And I was like, that's not the real world. Like, I think I've been conditioned to be like, if you keep asking, 
somebody will say yeah they'll say yes eventually and it's like you shouldn't have to whittle someone down until they're like ugh fine I'll date you and I think that's what I was doing I was trying to chase people until they were like you know homegirl's not going away so I might as well just fucking bag her you know like I'm just gonna fuck this girl because she won't go anywhere and I was like yeah it should be like a mutual thing where two people want to actually be together where you're not doing so much work. I also I, well, I also found out in my experiences is that sometimes the best person to be in a relationship with is yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in those moments, there'll be moments where I'm like, damn, I really need somebody to fill my void. And then I realize, wait, that person is me. Like, mm-hmm. I need to, like, you know, do stuff for myself. But like, I. that's another hard thing to realize like when you need to just like take care of you for a second yes girl all i know is that people i'm sick of people (laughs) (laughs) i mean people are fucking exhausting they drain people are energy drainers and i think you need to realize who's taking your energy and are they worth taking your energy never Never. I mean, well, if they make breakfast, then maybe. If they make breakfast and they're nice to you, I guess it's worth it. Honestly, kindness is... Kindness, yes. kind. Like, people who are kind... I've been trying so hard to be kinder to myself because... Like uh, earlier in my career, if I had a bad show, I was going to have a very bad night. I'd be in my hotel room or I'd be in my room and I'd be like, you stupid fucking idiot. Why did you say the joke like that, you fucking idiot and then it's like no no you are not an idiot you just you messed up that joke or it just didn't work it might work tomorrow like chill the fuck out and stop being so hard on yourself and i've been so hard on myself about finding like a relationship and lately i'm like well you're like evolving into the best version of you possible like i just started roller skating (laughs) oh my god (laughs) It's so hard, but like, it makes me so joyful and happy. And I was like, yeah, you can be happy and joyful alone. And then like, yes, it'd be nice to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whoever comes into my life. But like, I have to be so happy and set with myself in order to like allow love to come in. Man, quarantine has given me so much time to sit alone and think. Girl, quarantine has been the alarm for a lot of people to wake up. (laughs) Uh Yes. Girl, even, you know, even me a little bit, there's been like points in this quarantine where I'm like, I'm like, I've been thinking this and you know, this is going to. I might be wrong, but I've been thinking this whole time. I'm a very impatient person. This quarantine taught me that I'm very patient. I still haven't, Mm. I still haven't even gotten like, oh my God, I need to go outside. I'm like, Mm -hmm. if I go outside, I go outside. If I don't, I don't like, and I'm realizing, (laughs) but I don't know if this is, am I depressed? (laughs) <laughs> i don't you don't sound depressed but you might be dep- i don't know um but you mentioned way way back in the conversation ballroom have you done ballroom shit so um growing up in new york in the in the the the, the gay scene it was um I was 12 years old telling everybody I was 16 and I was uh, doing the little kiki balls. And um, mm-hmm. I, I learned how to to vogue from different legends in the ballroom scene. And like, um, it, I think it was just a very to simplify. Yes, I've been around mm-hmm. a lot of ballroom. I was raised by trans women. Uh, mm-hmm. Trans women have been my icons, like the beauties of my life. Like um, they are honestly my goddesses. And like, I, mm-hmm. I love the trans community so much. 
I when I was younger, I was never like put into like a house. But when I when I got after I came off of Drag Race season nine, I became an honorary ninja and Labeja member for oh. uh, doing Crystal Labeja. Yes, I, they and were, I like, gotta say. Uh, I'll say it on the. I think I've said this before, like on podcasts or whatever. Your Crystal LaBeija was so good because that was the episode I guest judge. Yep. And I got to see the snatch game uninterrupted, and you had a poem that they didn't air. Okay, thank you so much for and saying that. It was that. so fucking good. And you know, I that day I was just like, and when we were when we were on that stage being judged, I remember saying I would that. Okay, one, I have to I have to say this again for the record. I was extremely high the entire filming on edibles. <laughs> and um so it, it <laughs> so, so, you know, I was there sitting trying to get my thoughts together and I was like, uh-huh. this is bullshit. I was like, I don't know how these bitches won. I was like, I was I was like, should I walk off now or later? And then I was just like, I ain't gonna say nothing. I I really studied the shit out of her character because mm-hmm. she just reminded me of all the the women I grew up around. She reminded me of all the black ballroom icons. She mm-hmm. she was that. And Crystal Labeja, for people who don't know the backstory, she a lot of people say like, oh, she was bitter and she walked off. Blah blah. blah. No, there mm-hmm. was a lot of racism in the pageantry scene. Yes. And one of the reasons why I did Crystal Labeja was because she was tired of losing to to white contestants out of just sheer racism. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that the queen documentary happened at the, right at the end of segregation. And mm-hmm. you know, this was, it was very new at the time. So imagine having that intersection of being gay and black in the sixties, like that, that already is tough. And mm-hmm. crystal as this full fucking trans woman is just getting her life. And I thought, I think that what she did was so powerful and that's what mm-hmm. really encouraged me to do the character. Um, Needless to say, I I think I nailed it. And um you did. It was honestly I was blown away by it. I thought you did such an amazing job. And I think the most interesting thing about people thinking that Crystal Abasia was bitter was like, did y'all hear you didn't hear what happened before the rant. Mm-hmm. You you never get to really hear why a person of color, especially black people, are reacting the way they react. And it's because you get you can only be pushed so many times before you fucking explode and you tell people a full ass piece of your mind. But I yeah, like it was truly incredible. And I was like, this could have been edited a little bit better because I got to say, Chichi Devane, she was asked why the, I will never forget oh this. She was asked, <laughs> why does the cage bird sing? And she was like, oh, oh, and then answered it with no prompts about 20 minutes later and it made me laugh so hard <laughs> she said she waited till the next whole round yes, and for people yes. people don't know that so every question gets answered by every single person yes. with minutes in between it's long it's like an hour uncut or she 45 goes, minutes or something like that by the way <laughs> the cage bird sings because she has she was like she has chicken in her teeth. It was yes, something like yes. that, and I was, it was like, something so wild. Oh my god! She said Aja, she barbecued was, it. It was something oh, like yes, that. 
it's something like that. And I screamed. I was like, this is comedy. I was like, you don't even have to edit this. Like, just leave it as is unprompted. Heard she truly sat straight up like she was about to do something and then didn't do nothing. And I laughed so hard. I was like, honestly, this is performance art. I know you didn't mean nothing you were doing, but this is high fucking performance art. Oh, my God. No, I, that day that day was fun. I, I'm starting it's starting to come back to me in pieces. I feel like I blacked <laughs> out. But um, I remember uh, my favorite parts of the snatch game were honestly uh, Ben de la Creme as well. Yes, was, my God, that Paul Lynn was psychotic. So good. Oh my God, I don't know how she does those characters. So like like ooh, like, and it's so funny when you talk to her in person. She's just very Bendela and then can just switch into this. And you're like, how? How do you do this? She's very Bendela. (laughs) You know, just like very nice, very positive, very sweet. Maybe says something risque. And but then like when she does these characters, you're like, are like, this is wild. She's so good. I I love that that adjective. (laughs) She's very Bendela. I'm going to start saying that. You're being very Bendela. I love Bendela so much. I love so many of the queens. That was like such an exciting day for me because I like drag. And I remember like, I mean, Drag Race, I love specifically because it shows drag to people who don't necessarily see drag a lot. Mm-hmm. But like by the time Drag Race had come on, I was already living in New York and I would go to Barracuda all the time and Bob the Drag Queen would perform there and Peppermint and Sherry Vine. And I just lived i was like my god because growing up i loved dolly parton loved i was like man she's so pretty and then she was like takes a lot of money to look this cheap and i was like i want to be cheap (laughs) i want to look like a streetwalker like that was like my whole thing i loved it uh, I a side note: Bob the drag queen is the funniest drag queen to come off of yes. Drag Race, in my opinion. I think Bob cannot go more than a minute without saying a joke or saying mm-hmm. something, and it it is just so funny, and it's almost ironic. And like, I mm-hmm. don't know. I, every time Bob is around me, I know I'm gonna laugh. I know I'm gonna like yes. probably shit myself. So I'm like, let me Ugh. prepare. Bob brings me so much joy. The first time I met Bob. Uh, out of like a club situation where he was working uh, was at uh, Trixie Mattel's house. And Bob was just eating fried chicken, saying the funniest shit. I was just like, you were one of the realest fucking people. Like Bob didn't know me. They didn't know me at all. And Bob had no problem saying everything on their mind. I was just like, this person, I like this person. This person's a good ass person. Oh, I, I wish we had more real people like that. Like, yes, the, I feel like the less you have to, like, change anything about yourself to deliver, the mm-hmm. better. Like, just, girl, I, I there's nothing more I love than being around people like, you know what? I need a <laughs> shit right now. I'm going to go shit. Like, I love that. I love that. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do. I live with a nice white gay man named John Milheiser. John Milheiser, my roommate. And one of my favorite things to say to him is I go, oh, John, I got to go take a dump. And the first time I said it, he was like, "Ugh, Nicole. But now he joins right in and we've got a great time. He'll be like, how big was the dump? Like we just it's like, I don't know why. Why put on airs? Just like. I like laughing and being stupid and silly and shit. Yeah, I feel like shame is put on so many things for no reason. Like, girl, just live and be free. Like, who gives a fuck? Right? Ooh, I meant we should take a break. 
Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. Shift gears in your wardrobe without a complete and expensive overhaul. Dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops and premium jeans, sweaters, outerwear, vacation fits, you name it. For just $98 a month, you get a choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I like Newly a lot because... Sometimes I don't want to like own a sparkly thing because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to wear it more than once. Also, I have a ton of sparkly things and Newly is very good at like having a sparkly thing that I'll wear once and then I can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you get $20 off your first month in Newly when you sign up with the code DATEME20. Just go to newly.com and you ly.com that's newly with two u's and enter the code date me 20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month that's n-u-u-l-y.com newly with two u's with code date me 20 newly subscription clothing rental change your clothes Spring is the best time to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power, and build towards whatever you're looking for. Okay, Peloton can accommodate your schedule with a variety of class lengths to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, there's a class to get your body moving, and I have to stress how important that is. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. Move at your own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out. So you can just jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day because that's what it is, a journey. And listen, Peloton has everything you need to get to where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, uh, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton is something for you. Ooh, the Peloton classes I like to do are strength training. I also like the yoga because um, I'm always trying to get more flexible um, because I love doing splits because I'm slutty. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at (laughs) OnePeloton.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, there's always something that I really need to talk about. And thank God I have a podcast. But then there's stuff that I don't want to reveal publicly. So I talked to a therapist. And listen, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get stuff off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. And I got to say, that's very important because the first person you meet might not be good for you. So even though it's work, you got to work to find someone who like is helpful and is good for you. So don't stick with someone just because you feel like you have to. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash date me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash date me. Okay. Hey. 
Did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste time on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned out in the real world. Babbel made it super easy for me to brush up on my Spanish before my vacation to Mexico. See how I said that? It's, it's better, and it sounds like I speak Spanish. It just makes traveling better so you can like order food, ask for directions, and flirt with the locals. Me encanta, muchacho! <laughs> Without having to consult language apps while on vacation. Here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash date me. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash date me. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash date me. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. It was just a commercial. You know, you got to That's how you make the money. You got to run damn ads. Usually I do it a half hour in. But honestly, Aja, I truly love talking to you. I like you were. They say, don't meet the people you love. But this has been a treat. (laughs) (laughs) They also say, don't eat people. (laughs) (laughs) But I get so hungry. Um, Have you been on the apps at all? Like Grinder or Adam for Adam, if if uh, you were on that one. <laughs> Back in the day, yes, I have been on every single. Well, I'm not gonna say every single because there might be one that I don't know about that made me look really bad right now. So I'm gonna just say <laughs> I have been on the apps before. I actually met my boyfriend on Grinder. Oh, okay. And it was a very circumstantial situation because um, I, okay, I have all the gays in my neighborhood blocked because I live near a few gay bars and they be getting crazy. So Uh it's either like people want to fuck me because I'm Aja or they're Mm -hmm. like just like wanting to talk to me. Like I want to do drag. I'm like, I don't even do drag anymore. I don't give a fuck. Leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Do you have any (laughs) advice for me? Leave me alone. That's the advice. (laughs) So I see this, uh, I see this cute little brown Trini boy on my, on my, on my thing and I'm like, Hmm, who are you? What you doing in my neighborhood? <laughs> so, uh, by the way, side note, I actually was supposed to have a gig that day in Canada. And mm-hmm. I was just in, I was just in Taiwan. So I was in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to have this gig in Canada. Uh, I'm making a map for Nicole right now. Um, <laughs> and I'm loving it. Also, I love the fringe on your shirt. I didn't even notice it. It doesn't yes. fit. It's two sizes yes. too small. <laughs> I love it. It's like a soft accessory that's stunning, yet doesn't pick up on the mic. Okay, so <laughs> back to the map. Yeah, so this is Canada. I'm over here mm-hmm. in Taiwan. So I fly to L.A. because mm-hmm. Canada gets canceled. So I'm spending Halloween um, in L.A., and I start to realize, oh, I just want to go home. Like, I, I, I have this time off. And I was taking time off because I was about to become a priest in my practice. So I was going to take, mm-hmm. like, a few months off. Wait, what is your religion? So I'm, I'm a priest in, in Ocha, or what America would know as Santeria. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I am sort of, like, pro of the... Uh, I am pro um, Africanizing it back to what it was because a lot of mm-hmm. people also don't know Santeria is a byproduct of 
of slavery because of the the syncretism and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like getting ready to do this process. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to change my flight. It's Thursday, Halloween, whatever I go. And I get the next flight out of LA. My ass mm-hmm. goes home. Guess what? We about to touch down in New York. We about to hit the ground. Girl, I was like looking out the window. I said, we going fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, can somebody press the brakes? <laughs> Girl, I was like, what's going on? We go past the airport. <laughs> Bitch, we about to go on the highway. <laughs> Boom. The car, the car, you hear me? The flying car. The plane goes right back up into the uh-huh. air. So I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We took a detour. Mm-hmm. The pilot's like, Sis, it's windy. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So we circle in the airport for another two hours because it's too windy to land. Oh, my God. So I said, girl, Storm better go home. She better leave because she's carrying right now. And um, after circling the airport for two hours, I land. So I, uh-huh. I take my ass home. And I order some food on Uber Eats. And you know mm-hmm. when it's late and they cancel the order after like an yes. hour? Yes, yes. Oh, we need to talk about that. But Oof. that's for another Oof. day. I they canceled my fucking order, and I was like, "Girl, it's like five in the morning," and I'm like, "I'm just over it." So I said, "You know, I'm gonna go on the grinder. I'm gonna see. Let me see if I can find some good peen in the area." Mm-hmm. You're like, "I'm gonna eat the dick instead of dinner." Right, right, right. I was like, "I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready to put it all on the line." Mm-hmm. And I just see my boyfriend on grinder, and I'm like, "Well, hello." Who the fuck are you? Like, where, what are you doing in my neighborhood? <laughs> I know you're not from here because um, one, okay. This is kind of creepy, but I had seen him on like a month before, but I was really drunk mm-hmm. and I favorited him. And then I never saw him again. But that day I remembered him. So I was like, oh, you don't live here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, blah, blah, blah. We started hitting it off. And then he was like skeptical to meet me because he thought I wasn't real. Ah, uh, yes. <sighs> Which was a whole nother bullshit. And then um, we met and we literally hit it off. It was one of those times where you're like, you know, when you tell yourself like, oh, I think I'm gonna really like someone. We can't fuck on the first day. We can't mm-hmm. do it. We can't do it. We can't. And then you do it. And it was literally that, like we were hitting it off. We were getting drunk off of, you know, I'm talking about that hood shit, like Sunkiss and vodka. And <laughs> <laughs> I like me some Welsh's grape soda and some Alexa vodka. That was like my drink of choice when I didn't have no money. Girl, I mean, that's my drink of choice when I have money. So <laughs> we we literally were just getting drunk and we were just like having our lives. And then we, we started making out. And next thing you know. Like it's like literally peeing about to go in. It's like we can't do this. We can't do this as it enters, and then it's just like <laughs> we do it anyway. Uh-huh. And uh, he left. He he's looking at me right. He's I can see him. He's grinding his little weed. He's laughing. Um, he goes. Uh, I think he thought I wasn't gonna text him, and I go, oh, like I'm gonna text you. And literally, he got in the car, and I'm already like, oh my god, that was such a great time. Let's hang out again tomorrow. <sighs> and he was like, wait, you really texted me back? And I was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about it? So, <laughs> you know, but then again, I met, I've met some people on Grindr who, uh, who, mm, who I'm just like, you know, you know, when you move the icon into the recycling bin on the mm-hmm. Mac Pro, it was very, it's very that. Uh huh. To say the least. <laughs> That's, I like, I like that story specifically because you didn't start off being like, I'm going to find somebody. You were like, ugh. The circumstances of the world are fucking shitty. I didn't get my food. I'm going to hop on Grindr, see what's what. Oh, this person that I remember. Oh, it was like, this. it's a very like meant to be the universe like reconnected y'all together. That's, I really fucking love that story. It's crazy. It really is. And honestly, I think it's like, 
so many things like have happened since then, but I keep thinking about how like if he never came into my life, I would have been going through the first year of my priesthood, which is supposed like I'm completely sober since mm-hmm. uh since November, like um like from alcohol and like I've oh, also dang. been like not I can't go out, I can't do certain things, I can't cut my hair because mm-hmm. I have to like keep myself consecrated for a little bit. And mm-hmm. You know, to meet him and then automatically just go straight into that, meaning that I spent a lot of this quarantine sober and I would have been alone. And Mm -hmm. it really was like fate brought us together. And like uh, what my god sister was telling me, she was like, you know, it's really funny that Mark came into your life because if not, um, you know, you would have you would have been alone right now. He just Mm -hmm. texted me right now. He goes, I was supposed to leave a party like four hours before and something kept me there until you went online. Oh, fuck, man. Oh. I truly love that so much. I just, it like reaffirms like my faith that like my person's out there. I just have to wait for the right circumstances and for the universe to just align for me to find them. Oh my God. Can I please just like, can can I, can I give you a little like three car tarot reading on your love life right now? <gasps> yes, 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 oh yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna go, oh my God. I'm gonna yes. My cards. Oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> I feel like this is, this is the type of energy we need. So, um, I actually offer, uh, I've been, this is how I've been making money off of the, uh, uh, during the pandemic is, um, Mm -hmm. I do, uh, online readings. I do tarot readings. I do, um, spiritual readings. I help people find their spiritual guides or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some people just need the clarity. Some people want to find out about their love life. So, and this is via your Patreon, which is the link in your bio on Instagram. Oh no, I have an email. It's just Aja. Just kidding. (laughs) It's I just, thought you had a Patreon link. I no? do, but oh, okay. It's it's so hard to to like find out what I'm gonna post on there. But I I have a lot of cool stuff on my Patreon about like my upcoming album. But that's that's mm-hmm. for the end when we plug the stuff. Wait, what is the email that people can email you at? For readings, you can email me at Aja A J A Oshun O S H U N reads you at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. If you want to get read okay. for filth. <laughs> All right. All right. Read me for filth, darling. So I'm going to split these cards into three miniature decks. I need you to pick a number of one, two, one through three. Uh, two. Bam. And I'm going to split the first three cards. And we're going to we're going to see how th- what this says about your love life. You ready? OK. Yes. Wow. The first card that came up was the the lover's card. Let me turn off my, my, my fancy background. <laughs> People don't know, but I, I, I was pretending to be in Malibu, but I'm actually just in my dirty ass kitchen. <laughs> Oh my God! The fantasy. The, the fantasy card went away. Is okay. The Temperance card, and the third card is the King of Swords. Now I'm gonna explain to you what this says to me. What this says to me is that uh, a lot of your relationships are very dependent on how you're emotionally doing at the time. For you, relationships either bring or take away balance from your life. Sometimes mm-hmm. you feel like you need one, and then you really don't. And sometimes you feel like you don't need it, but it's actually the energy you need. Um, I see that the with the King of Swords here, there's usually a war going on between your heart and your mind about how you should approach relationships because your mind tells you to do things that your heart doesn't want to do. And mm-hmm. um, 
what I see that you can benefit from the most and equalizing and kind of finding the equilibrium when it comes to relationships is thinking less about what to do in the relationship and thinking less about what could happen in the future or the past and more so living in the moment. There's not a love living in the moment for the relationships here. I see unions could really benefit you because I see that you work really well alone and you know how to be alone. But I see that at the same time, being alone brings sort of an anxiety for you, the thought of it. So that's mm-hmm. why I say thinking over here is the process. And the King of Swords could be that Virgo aspect of you as well. That's sort of like putting high standards on everything. Mm-hmm. If you're going to put high standards on everything, put it also on your partners. Make sure that your partners are meeting the standards you, you put even on your self it makes no sense to hold yourself to a standard you don't hold someone else to mm-hmm. Ooh, preach. and then with the with the with the with the order came out in two i'm gonna tell you this i feel like nicole there is love for you out there 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 really is love for you out there but i feel like you haven't met someone strong enough to be with you yet i think that you need someone who's an emotionally strong person because the way you communicate because also virgo virgo is very communicative you know mm-hmm. how to say things and sometimes people mistake the things you say because you're being honest and you're, you're saying things the way that they should be said. So um, I see someone out there for you. And that King of Swords could be the person for you. It's going to be someone that you're going to need to ground. But it's going to be someone who's going to bring a lot more fun into your life. Someone who's going to who's gonna kind of like take the, the burden off. Because sometimes you feel like there's like a little weight. And you're like, mm, mm-hmm. it's going to be someone who's going to take that off. Huh. Honestly, everything you said is very true. <laughs> What you couldn't see was uh, Aja sipping the tea. Ooh, girl, just taking a sip. Uh, yeah, I I think that's fully right because like I am a fun person, and I can't be responsible for always being the fun person in a relationship. And I feel like a lot of times I'm like, what about this fun thing or this fun thing? Or like, I'll start singing and then maybe they'll join or they'll be like, oh, shut up or whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Uh, But yeah, like I need someone to like match me, but also like, yeah, I would love to be able to like ground someone to be like, baby, you do it too much. Cause usually I'm the one doing too much, but yeah, that I really loved that. Thank you. No, I thought it would be fun. It came on the spot. It was like, let's do this. I love it. How long have you been reading tarot cards? Uh, since I was 10. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm 26 now, 16 years. Mm-hmm. I usually, when I pull my own, like when I'm in person, I usually pull them all upside down. And I had a reading in New Orleans where the man was like, you pulled a lot of, I, like I, I pulled like death cards and sword cards and they're all like upside down and whatnot. And he was like, huh. I think you need to, to, what did he say? He was like, I think you need to go to the desert and be alone. And I was like, the fuck? I paid $80 for this man to tell me that he didn't know what these cards that he owns means. And I have to go to a desert alone. And then thinking back, I was like, oh, he literally just told me that I need to figure out who I am as a person, which was an actual pretty decent piece of advice. Cause at that time I was in my like mid twenties and I didn't actually know who I was or what I wanted. I don't think he meant desert. I think he meant dessert because I feel like sometimes I have to go to dessert and I have to find out who I am too. be like, do I like this chocolate or this strawberry shortcake? Which one is it? Oh, that's, oh my God. Stop. Oh no. I'm a thrust leches cake type of person. Ooh. I love a moist. Mm. See, that's too, I don't like a moist. A moist feels like I'm gumming something that has been pre-chewed. It's like too, it's too, too much, I just got too like, much wet. Like bird feeding vibes. <laughs> like the child. Like, 
Uh, well, Aja, we've come to the end. Uh, do you have anything that you... Oh, wait, no, fuck. I usually ask my guests this. I've only missed it like maybe three or four times, but would you date me? I would. Yes. I love it. But we would have to do the pole dancing together. I saw your I saw your <laughs> your your socials and I was like, um, I want to go pole dancing with Nicole now. Honestly, if you are in LA, I would absolutely take you. I go to this amazing studio in North Hollywood and they do like private sessions. I've been trying to get my roommate to go because he he's like, I don't know, I don't want to be too girly. And I was like, but you will walk around in my heels and uh you have very strong upper body strength. I think you would fucking love this. But yeah, if you want to go, let me know. I will absolutely bring you. I'm totally down. I definitely uh once time i would i went to bretman rock's house i was in hawaii and i got so fucking high and um he has like a pole in his like he has a little room with a pole and i was like mm-hmm. we're gonna do this girl i was emphasis i was so high with a capital h hi uh-huh. girl i was i couldn't even pick, pick myself up because i was wheezing from laughing like i was just like <laughs> I sound like a dying yeah. walrus. If you don't know what you're doing on a pole and you try to do shit, especially when it's on spin mode, you just fucking go and you're like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, the first time I spun on it, my big ass body, it's a bigger body, so the pole will move more. And I fully was like, I'm gonna die. And then my teacher was like, please stop screaming. This is a full class. And I was like, I know. Uh, but yeah, tell me your Patreon. Tell me about your Patreon. So my Patreon um, is is uh, you can find me on Patreon under Aja Oshun and it's a it's a place where I post like a lot of behind the scenes stuff for my music. I posted my Drag Race audition tape on there, uh, just like behind the scenes stuff. Like I'll do like little private Zoom meet and greets with my fans and stuff, or like. I used to do I used to do it more often, but I'm finding time to do it now. Cooking with Aja, where mm-hmm. I'll just like give them the ingredients to a dish, and then I'll be like, "Well, I'm gonna make this dish," and I do like a really low quality version of a cooking show because the thing is i don't have a commitment to to the cooking show Mm -hmm. i'm not rachel ray i'm more like ray charles in the kitchen so uh it's just me like is the camera on where's the camera what's happening and you know if you see me put the food in you see me put the food in (laughs) i love it a cooking show where like maybe we'll cook (laughs) maybe we'll sit down and talk shit for hours (laughs) i love it well I love you, Aja. Thank you so much for doing this. And truly, Box Office is a great... Is it an EP or an album? It's a, it, it should have been an EP, but it was my first album. But I'm actually working on my second uh, studio album, which is... Uh, it's going to be an Afro... It's an Afro hip-hop slash, like, pop, hip-hop mixed genre <laughs> album. I fucking love it! So I'm excited. Um, And truly, you can find Aja on all of social media. And if you loved Aja as a drag queen, guess what? There is so much footage that you can look at and then be done with it. (laughs) I always tell people, they'd be like, I missed the All-Stars Aja. And I'd be like, and I send them the Amazon link to (laughs) All-Stars 3. Here, purchase the season. (laughs) That's so... I love it. Purchase it. You could get it right here. You could truly relive it every goddamn day of your life if that's what you need. But I will say, Milk going, is she going to jump from there? And then you doing a dip off a box is truly, it just warms my heart. 
Oh, I love it. No, thank you so much. And thank you for having me, Nicole. I'm such a huge fan. I think you're <sighs> fucking hilarious. You're amazing. And um, I'm rooting for you to find love. When You got you to tell me when you find the love. I honestly will. I mean, I will tell the whole world. Like, it's going to be sick. And I'm going to be like, he's here. Well, if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can subscribe on iTunes. You can leave me a five-star review or one star. Those are funny reviews. Um, And if you send me a message hitting on me in a nasty way, I will read it. This man, I don't think has ever heard of the podcast, but he sent me a message that said, girl, I would gladly lick your clit for you so you don't ever have to worry about getting too big to masturbate, which... (laughs) Which is a pinned tweet on my Twitter where I say my greatest fear is getting too big, uh, uh, getting so fat that I'll have to tape a vibrator to a selfie stick to help me masturbate. And this nice man, he said that he would help me out. And then I made the mistake of uh, clicking on his profile. He got a a wife and kids and he'd be creeping. And uh, sir, if you're listening, shame on you. (laughs) Okay, uh, bye bye. This has been a Team Coco production.